Good job, Mandy. Thank you so much. Good morning. So how was your Thanksgiving? Filling? Was it good? Did, did anybody have a, a challenge at Thanksgiving? Most of us do. I mean, that's, that's how it kind of works for all of us, right? There's always one challenging person for Thanksgiving, but most of the time, Thanksgiving is great because it's all about food and family and friendship. What did you eat the most of this Thanksgiving? Yes, that's the perfect answer, yes. I ate all of it way too much. How many ate dessert more than anything else? Yeah, my hand's up for that one too. How about turkey? You know, I saw several of you at City Barbecue picking up your turkeys the same time I was picking up my turkeys. They're phenomenal from City Barbecue, by the way. Really good. How about ham? Mashed potatoes. Man, we just absolutely eat a lot of mashed potatoes. Our daughter-in-law, Hannah, made them this year. Fantastic, by the way. You know, how about noodles? Did anybody eat noodles? Corn? Yeah, forget the salad. Forget the, the green stuff. Just, just the good stuff. Rolls? Anybody eat those? Man, I love that stuff. What, sweet potato casserole? Anybody? Yeah? Okay. I'm still eating. Somebody brought a uh, Costco pumpkin pie that has to be the biggest pumpkin pie I've ever seen in my life, and it was really good. I'm still eating on that. I think we got two pieces left. So anyway, I want to thank you all, uh, everyone that helped out for our Thanksgiving outreach event uh, last week because it was really good. Uh, Our goal was 200 complete baskets with full turkeys and dressing and potatoes and everything that goes with that. We gave out over 220 complete Thanksgiving baskets. Nice job, church. Think about that. That's 220 families that felt loved this Thanksgiving just because of what you did by being Jesus' hands and feet. So thank you for that. I love this time of year. I mean, I really do. And I know that it can be hard for a lot of us, especially if you're dealing with a loss or maybe you're struggling with something emotionally. The holidays can kind of magnify that, really intensify that pain. I mean, I just look at our own family. Joellen's dad died several years ago, and, and, uh, but it's tough on her mom because Thanksgiving Day is their wedding anniversary. And so you get to that moment and you go, how do you celebrate when there's so much pain associated with the day? My dad passed on Christmas Eve, his favorite day of the year. There's, I love Christmas Eve, but there's so much pain associated with that. This past week, Shelly Mosseller's dad passed on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, she said this. She said it was fitting because his outlook on life was always Mr. Gratitude, and Thanksgiving is all about gratitude. That's special, but that's hard. Y'all, will you pray with me for Shelly right now? Father God, I I just pray for Shelly Mosteller and her family She's part of our church staff. She's part of our friendship. She's, she's part of who we are here at Community, and we love her. And, and God, such a, a hard moment to experience on Thanksgiving morning. God, we, we thank you uh, for, for Gerald, her dad, and his life and his legacy. And, and God, we just pray for some peace and some comfort for the whole family right now. God, just be with them. And it's in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Not only is this time of year difficult, but it can be really lonely. Have you ever experienced loneliness during the holidays? You know, it's the number one time for suicide is during the holidays because of the feeling of loneliness, especially coming out of the pandemic. I mean, we've spent the last couple of years, I mean, in social distancing, meetings on Zoom, working from home, canceling plans, and all of that really did mess us up. Whether we want to admit it or not, it really did. It's created what they're calling an epidemic of loneliness. I think that's an interesting word, because according to a recent study commissioned by Cigna, more than half of U.S. adults are considered lonely. Men and women come in pretty much at the same rate with this. So men at 57%, women at 59% feel lonely, this epidemic of loneliness. Young adults ages 18 to 24 are twice as likely to be lonely as adults over 66. That's interesting right there. 42% of young adults reported always feeling left out. There are a lot of lonely people out there right now, and we need to know that. And maybe you're one of those. Maybe you're experiencing that right now in your life, and it's difficult for you just to go on one more day. Here's the interesting thing about loneliness is you're not alone feeling lonely because there's always somebody else around you feeling lonely as well. Now, you might be at a party, and you might be very, very lonely. You might be in a crowd of people, and you can still feel lonely. You might even be well-liked by people, and you can still feel isolated and alone. You can feel like nobody truly sees you, like no one truly hears who you are or what's going on, and that can leave you on the outside, kind of looking in, kind of banging on the window, but nobody hears you banging on it. That kind of loneliness affects every part of our lives. It affects us mentally, emotionally, physically, and it impacts everything that we do and this struggle just to make it one more day. Sometimes it messes with our relationships. It's a real problem. And if you've ever faced the loneliness, if you've ever been in that spot, you know how difficult it is. Right now you're thinking, great, Scott, thank you. I came Thanksgiving week to be uplifted, encouraged, and you're depressing me. Sorry about that. It's just these these real truths that we need to be able to deal with at different times because it is a problem. Now, here's something I just want to put a side note in, all right? Really important to hold on to. Don't ever be afraid to reach out for a Christian counselor in moments where you're really, really lost. Don't be afraid of that. Thrive Point Christian Counseling's in, U, in uh, Liberty Center. I, I know the owner of that. They have places all over uh, Ohio and Indiana now. And, and it's really important if you're lonely to the point where you need someone to talk to, it's not a bad thing to say, I've got to reach out because I need some help. Because all of us get to the point where we need help. Now, I believe that the church this church included, but the church is in the right position to speak to this epidemic of loneliness. I really believe that. Now, it's not like another club or another social organization. There's plenty of those around, right? 
I mean, this is different than that. This is really bringing people into a relationship with God for this reason, so that we can model what deeply connected, supportive Christian friendships look like. And that's different than some other friendships. It gets to the root of the problem of why we're lonely. And that's a big reason the church is here. We're starting this Together series today, which is all about building community, right? For the next month, we're going to explore what it looks like as individuals and as a church family to intentionally grow our friendships. And today we're looking at what friendship is and why it's important to God. Next week, we're going to talk about why we struggle to have close friendships. We, we put up walls, and, and, and what do we do with the conflict that happens with those? And the week after that, we're going to give you a crash course on how to make friends as an adult. Because as an adult, do you know how to make friends anymore? Are you doing that? Is that something that's part of your life? Probably not. A lot of us have forgotten how. And then we're going to look at some of the incredible things that God can do with our friendships. And then we're going to wrap up this series on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve 4 and 6 is the same service as Sunday morning at 1030. Same exact service. 8 o'clock is our, our candlelight. That's a traditional service. So there are four opportunities for you to celebrate Jesus on Christmas. And yes, Christmas is Sunday morning, which is another great reason to get up and come and celebrate the reason for Christmas on Sunday morning. I, I love that. Now, as we're looking, looking at all that, it, it's going to be fun and it's going to be challenging because friendships are both fun and challenging. And my challenge to you is to be here every single week through this series. And if you have to miss a week, we have our online campus. You can go and watch any time to keep up to date with where we are and what we're going through during this friendship series. I believe that we are at a crucial point in the life of the church. The pandemic, the epidemic, coronavirus kind of showed us that, right? The church needed to change, and we're at a pivotal point in the life of the church. The big C church, which is all churches, and the little C church, which is our local church body. We have the opportunity to rethink how we do church to take a deeper look at how we do community, how we do relationships, to change how we view and think about the church, and to change how we do community church specifically here right now. Now, we've been talking a lot about blind spots this year. That's been the theme for the entire year, blind spots that we run into. And every series that we've done has been about a blind spot that, that we face in our lives. And does it surprise you to hear that friendship is a blind spot for a lot of us? How many here have lost a friend, like not lost, like physically passed, but lost because something happened? Anybody? Yeah, almost all of our hands should go up to that. Why? Because relationship, friendship can get nasty. It can get ugly. It can, it can get kind of bitter at moments. And that, that's important for us. We need those, but it's difficult we all have the capacity to be a friend and to have friends. I don't think that we understand how important it is to really focus in on friendship. When I say friendship, what do you think of? Somebody tell me. What's that mean to you? Someone you can lean on. 
Yeah, don't, don't start singing the Lean On Me song. I got it. That's, you're exactly right, though. That's, that's what it is. Somebody to lean on. Somebody else, when I say friendship, what do you think of? Somebody to be honest with you. Does anybody's face come to your mind when I say friend? I mean, do, do you know who your friends are? Are you a friend? I, I say friendship, and, and all kinds of things come into my mind, both positive and challenging, especially through the coronavirus stuff. When, when I think of friend, it's a person that you connect to, a group of people that you have a common cause with. For example, if you're into sports, and you're on a sports team, may, maybe it's football, or maybe it's volleyball, or maybe it's band, or, or maybe uh, one, of, one of those kind of things. Those are the people that you think of as friends because you're doing life together in those things. You have a common goal, a common cause. Maybe if you have a group of friends, you think about this. It's Animal House, by the way. College friends. College, you know, roommates, people that, that you were put together with that ended up becoming very, very close. Maybe it's something that you had back in high school. Maybe it's a group of people that you had back in college, but maybe for some reason you don't have them anymore. You know, the Bible mentions the word friend 219 times. That's a lot. It's mentioned in almost every book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's important and so we're going to explore all of this friendship stuff together. First, we have to define friendship, because if we have different definitions, we're not going to be on the same page. So here's our definitions from a book called Boundaries. It says, friendship is a non-romantic relationship that is attachment-based rather than function-based. Non-romantic relationship. Now, we're talking about people outside of our families, outside of our dating relationships, people that we're not obligated to hang out with. You just do that because you like them. Now, let that sink in for a minute. Think about it. Do you actually have any friends? Some of you kind of chuckled at that, but some of you are going, um, I don't know. Do you have any friends? Now, it can be tempting to skip over friendships because they kind of seem optional, right? They're, they're, they're not like a, um, a mandatory type thing in the Bible, or are they? We don't think of them like that. We're not created to do life alone. I don't care if you're an introvert or extrovert. You're not created to do life alone. We're created to be together. In uh, Jenny Allen's book called Find Your People, she says this, we weren't just built for community, we were built because of community. That's why we exist. Let's unpack that a little bit. The reason we feel this deep need to connect with other people and it's so fulfilling with, for us is because we were created by a relational God. Stay with me. This is one of those deep kind of things, so, so don't lose me here, all right? Before God created the universe, before he created everything, God was. Makes sense, right? God's first. He's the creator. He's the being that made everything. So God was already here. Now, that's hard enough to wrap your mind around, but it goes even deeper. When God existed and no, no, nothing else did, God still wasn't alone. Tim Keller explains it this way, Christians believe that God is one being eternally existing in three persons, Father, 
Son, and Holy Spirit, all equally God who know and love each other. One being, three persons. Maybe for you, you've heard that called the Trinity or the triune God. Now listen, I don't know how it works. I've tried to explain this for years. I really don't know how it works. I I don't. I mean, I've used a hard-boiled egg example. You have the shell, you have the white, you have the yolk. I've used the water example. You have water, you have steam, you have ice. It's three separate entities in one thing, and that's, that's kind of how God is. But God is Father, Son, Spirit. They've always existed that way, and they've been in this perfect community relationship with each other. All right? So why did God create Why did God speak this planet into existence? Why did God create animals and and why did he shape humans with his own hands? And why did he create us? Was he just bored? Was he lonely? Did God just want someone to sit around and tell him how great he is all the time? No. God created because God wanted to share how good a perfect relationship is. That's what he had, Father, Son, Spirit, perfect relationship. That's the core of why we exist, because God wanted to share that, that perfect relationship with other beings. Here's what Genesis 1 says. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That's what we're made for, to be in the center of community. That's where we start. And then since we're created in God's image, we're meant to share that kind of love, just like God shares that love with us. We're meant to bring people into that circle, to widen our circle of friends who love each other, who put each other first, who look out for each other. That's what we're made to do. But what's the problem? We mess it up all the time, don't we? We screw up friendships all the time. Our selfishness, our self-centeredness, our backgrounds, our thought processes, we just screw them up all the time. God knew it was going to be hard for us, and that's one of the reasons that Jesus came, to show us how to do it. Let's take a look at that. Everything Jesus said and did was driven by the fact that he was in community with God first, everything. All right, that's this God circle, if you can put that up. God is the center of everything. That's in Jesus' uh, sphere of circles here. God's at the center. That relationship. It says this in John 14. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. Even though Jesus was here on earth, he was still in this perfect relationship, friendship, God the Father, God the Spirit, and Jesus being God the Son. Even though he was here, all that was still in a perfect relationship. And then watch these circles of Jesus. Again, you've got God, and then you've got the close friends circle. All right? Put that on. So you have close friends. Did you realize that Jesus had best friends? 
Did you know that? Some of us are going, uh, no, maybe, kind of, I don't know. I mean, Peter, James, and John, those were the people that he pulled out and spent the most time with. Peter, James, and John. He shared a lot of things with them that he didn't share with anyone else. They had a close friendship with Jesus. Now, can you imagine being best friends with Jesus? No, uh, I really can't. It'd be kind of intimidating. Uh, Jesus, I just want you to know that I did. He's going, I know, I know. I already know that. So I, I don't know how you'd be best friends, but that's pretty cool to have that honor of, uh, of that. Um, then here's, here's the next level for Jesus. It's the disciples. All right, so you have the closest friends, and then you have disciples. And that circle gets a little bit wider because you have 12 of those people. All right, the apostles here. They were guys who gave up everything to follow Jesus, everything to be trained by him. They spent all their time together. They did everything together. They were all very different. They didn't always get along very well, but they had one thing in common, which is Jesus. And that was enough to keep this tight bond between them. And then you have a little bit wider circle. That's followers or the church, all right? That one circle, you go out from that, the followers. These were men and women who might have traveled with Jesus who supported Jesus' ministry, who helped take care of him. They were from all walks of life. And this incredibly diverse group of people, they were his followers and his friends, and they eventually became the first church. Don't miss that. We're going to come back to that one later. Then you have the crowd circle. If you zoom out all the way out, that's, that's the widest circle around Jesus, the crowds. Everywhere he went, thousands of people would show up to hear him teach and see him heal people and, and, and become followers. He saw the crowds, Matthew 8. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus didn't want those crowds to stay out in the crowds. He wanted to bring them one more circle in, right? One more circle down in his circle of friendship into his community. And he was very clear about how to do that. He, he said this, John 15, 17, this is my command, love each other. You want to know how to bring friends into your circles? You do what Jesus did. You simply love the people around you. Now, all the people in Jesus' circles, here's the deal, they had their own circles, right? That's the way this has to work. Jesus had these circles. All of his followers had these other circles, and they all started with that centerpiece of God, the relationship with God. They were supposed to build their communities by loving people like Jesus did, circle after circle after circle, friend after friend after friend. And guess what? That's still how we're supposed to do it today. It hasn't changed. It hasn't morphed into something else. It isn't some, you know, archaic philosophy that's out there. It's basic, simple, godly love. That's how you build friendships. Now, we were never supposed to be lonely. We were supposed to live in these thriving communities. We're supposed to live with friends who are looking out for us. And we're looking out for them who are loving each other and pointing the way to God. And it doesn't happen by accident. It takes intention and commitment to build friendships. Let's take a look at our own circles. 
You have one of these, when you walked in, one of these papers. I need you to take that out. If you don't have one of these, we have plenty of them outside. You can grab one of these before you leave because you're going to need this. Um, It's kind of the theme for this entire series. We want you to bring it back. We want you to add to it. We want you to know what it is and what it says. It's the baseline that we're going to keep coming back to. Now, all of these start with the first circle, and that's our relationship with God. All right? Relationship with God. Now, when you look at that, God's Father, Son, Spirit. Now, before we can ever start to build other solid relationships, this one is vital. All right? You got to build that one with God. And if you don't have that relationship with God, that's kind of why we're here. We're here to help you with that. If you need to talk to somebody, we're here for you to make sure that relationship is strong. All right? You can email me, scott at communitychristianchurch.com. You can email any of our staff by typing in their first name, spell it correctly, at communitychristianchurch.com, and you'll get one of us, and we're all willing to help you. Now we go to the next circle, and that's the close friends. All right? The close friends. These are a few people who know everything about you, and you know everything about them. All right? Peter, James, John. That's, that's this circle, the close friends, friends that you can call in the middle of the night, friends that are going to hold you accountable, friends that, that are going to call you out when you need called out on something, that's vital in your life to have that close circle of friends. Here you go, write a couple names, right here, close friends, write a couple of names, because you got to have those. And if you don't, we can help you with that later. But you've got to have those close circle of friends. And then we move out to your tribe, all right? This is your group of friends. These are people that maybe you hang out with, people you spend a lot of time with, the disciples, the apostles. That's this group of of people for Jesus. So when you're looking at your tribe, who's in that? Who's in your tribe? I don't know. Do you have people in your tribe? Do you have a group of five or six or 10 or 12 that are close to you, that you do life with on a regular basis? Write some names. The next circle is the church. It's the church. Now, this might be a little bit surprising, but one of the big reasons that we're doing this series is some of you, your friends, close friends and tribe are already part of the church. They're already here with you. That's, that's how you do life. And some of you might have a hard time thinking of names to put in this circle. Why? Because we come into this room to worship. We come into this room to connect to God. But how many people have you connected to in this room? This is our smallest service. Do you know anybody else in this room? Do you know the people sitting two rows behind you or two rows in front of you or maybe right down the row from you? Do you know their names? Do you know anything about their families? Do you know anything about their lives? Do they know anything about your life? (coughs) You can come to church and be lonely, and it shouldn't be that way. Listen, again, I get it. 
We want to be the kind of church that, that's just, that, that just connected to each other. Because the more connected you are, the better you are. How can we show the world what love looks like if we can't even love each other? I mean, we, we, we sit around in silos in here, right? I mean, little groups of people. And those might be your tribe, and that's a good thing. But your tribe needs to reach out beyond your, your tribe into the church to connect with them. All right? We need to do that. And I know, I know, if you're an extrovert, it's no problem for you. I mean, you can connect to anybody. If you're an introvert and I ask you to raise your hand, you're not even going to raise your hand if I ask you to raise your hand. Because you're like, nope, sitting on my hands, not comfortable with that. And you may not be comfortable reaching out to the person next to you. Don't panic, all right? You don't have to run around hugging everyone. I mean, we, John Carroll, David Vyers, if you know those two, they hug everyone and like big bear hugs for everyone. You can't walk past them without that, right? Now, that's not what I'm saying to you. I'm saying you simply need to connect outside of your circle, of your tribe. You need to connect to the people around you because we all have something in common. What do we have in common? Jesus. That's what we have in common. We're here because we're interested in what Jesus wants for our lives, how he wants us to live, what he wants us to do. And whenever you have a common purpose and you're interested in a common thing, that's an easy way to start building friendships. Next Sunday afternoon, Mandy talked about the gathering that we're having in the comm building, going to eat together. I know, Zach said he had like five Thanksgiving dinners already. All right, that'll be another one uh, next Sunday afternoon. Come anyway. We're going to wear name tags. Why? Because some of you don't know anybody else's name. And put the name tag on. Let people know who you are. Let them introduce themselves to you. Make sure you bring your favorite food and just challenge you. For next Sunday, come to that gathering and then I challenge you to talk to three people that you don't know. Just go, hey, my name's Scott. Hi, my name's Bill. Hi, my name's Jeff. Hi, my name's Angie. That's all you have to do. Start a conversation with someone. Now, let's look at your corner of the world right there, that very top one. These are the people that maybe you run into occasionally. Like, maybe when you're in line at Walmart, they are dumb enough to shop at Walmart too, so you have that in common, right? It may not take much to connect. Daggone Walmart lines are ridiculous, especially this time of year. You have plenty of time to connect with some people that maybe you kind of maybe know on the outskirts. Why? Because you're standing there for 40 minutes trying to check out. Even Kroger's that way these days. There's no checkout people at Kroger. You go through the self-checkout and you wait forever. Connect to the people in line. I'm not saying turn around and dance and sing Merry Christmas while you're standing in line. Although if you're an extrovert, that may be what you do. You have lots of friends. But just connect to somebody that you might run into occasionally. And don't forget this. Friendship isn't always about you. Maybe God has prepared you Because someone needs you in their lives, and you're ignoring it. You're completely bypassing that. And God's going, I've created you for community, and that person needs you 
Build community with them. Build it with them. I know some of you are thinking, what about my family? Don't they count? No, they don't count. Yes, they count. But you have to think beyond your family to think, who do I need to build relationship with? Your family is your family because they already love you. And you love, most of the time, love them. But think beyond that. All right? Think beyond it. Uh, you're going, I, I don't have any names to even write down on this. That's okay. We want to help you to find names to build community with people. I would love to see everybody that's part of this church. Again, the revitalization of community. And it's happening in big time ways here. I would love to see you physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy. Because when you're mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy, this church is going to be mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy. And then our communities can be mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy. And then we can help to change this culture of loneliness that's happening. Maybe it's time for us to live up to our name, Community Christian Church, and start building that community. Will you pray with me? Father God, I pray right now for everyone in this room. God, will you open up their minds and their lives to new people to be friends with, for new relationships, not based on emotional uh, likes, just based on you. No romantic stuff, just based on you. God, thank you for loving us enough and being in a perfect relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit, that we can model our relationships after that. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.